0: Hi, everyone, welcome to the fourth panel in the Film Music Media Symposium 2023 series. I'm Kai Savas, I am the founder of Film Music Media. Uh, for today's discussion, we are going to dive into how music has the power to elevate the visual story- storytelling in animation. And as someone who works in animation myself, this is going to be a fantastic um, conversation with all these amazing composers that we have as guests. Uh, we've gathered talented uh, musicians to share their experiences and perspectives on how they approach composing music and writing songs for animated projects. So let's Welcome our panelists. Uh, first up, she is the composer and and arranger known for projects like Princess Power, Black Barbie, and Wednesday. Esen Eidengos, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. <laughs> so excited. Thanks for having me.
0: Yes, thanks for joining us. Uh, next, uh, you can hear his score in the upcoming upcoming film, uh, Mushka. Please welcome Fabrizio Mancinelli. Hey, Fabrizio, how are you doing? Hello,
2: everyone. Fantastic. Thank you, and I'm even better being in your company, guys. Awesome,
0: awesome. Uh, Next, he is the composer and songwriter behind Teen Titans Go! uh, to the movies and uh, the epic tales of Captain Underpants. Please welcome Jared Faber.
3: Hello. How are you? How's it going? Good.
0: (laughs) And uh, last but not least, he is uh, a songwriter and producer behind Fancy Nancy, the J Team, Mira, Royal Detective, Mickey Mornings, and various Barbie projects from Mattel. Please welcome Matthew Tischler. Hey Matthew! Hey,
4: everyone, it's
0: so great to be here. What a, what a team you've assembled! Can't wait to yeah. Help. Look at this! This is such an amazing panel. So <laughs> I'm so excited to dive in with everybody. So let's uh, let's just jump right in. And I want to you know start off with kind of going around the room here. Um, so as composers and songwriters, um, I'm curious, what draws you to animated projects, and what do you find most enjoyable or rewarding about making music in that field? Maybe compared to live action or any other kind of genre of. Uh, or style of of filmmaking and storytelling. Um, We can start uh, with Essen if you wanna kick us off.
1: Sure. Um, I love that animation inspires both children and adults. So I feel like it speaks to a wider audience and I love that it's based on more chat-like imagination. And I was so lucky in the sense that all the animation projects I worked on were like vastly different in terms of the genres of music that I had to create. So those are my answers, yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Matthew, how about yourself?
4: I mean, I totally agree with what you just said. I mean, for me and the projects I'm working on, I feel like they allow me to tap into a more theatrical side of uh, the musical sensibilities that I grew up making. Um, You know, you can kind of bend Bend the rules of real life a little bit so you can be a little more childlike, a little more playful, a little more imaginative in your music making. Um, and certainly the projects I'm working on, I get to tap into my love of musical theater, which is, uh, which is really oh, fun. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, Fabrizio, how about yourself?
2: Well, both of them said very true things. And with me, it's just like all being born of uh, a love that I had for the art form as a kid. I wanted to be an animator. I cannot draw a straight line. So watching Fantasia, I thought that best marriage image and music was in animation, honestly. And being Italian, we sing from when we wake up under the shower to well, we go to sleep and writing themes. In animation, there is more chances and possibilities, I think, in writing themes and tunes than in other fields. So that's what drives me to the art form.
0: Absolutely. Fantasia was, I... According to my mother, the first movie I ever saw as a human being. So maybe that is the reason why I'm here talking to you today. You know, <laughs> love of sound and and image. Uh, Jared, how about yourself?
3: <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I, I'd have to um, agree with everything everybody said here. All of those things are true. Um, I think one of the things about scoring in general, be it live action or animation, is that you potentially have such a broad uh, musical palette there's you know you can really go in any direction potentially and uh like somebody already said even more so with animation it really is wide open um and uh also similarly to I think it was I I'm sorry some somebody said about um the um you know the musical theater thing I mean there's just so many opportunities to take little sort of little left turns if you will you know down a down a road and and uh, yeah, explore something. It's 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 just it's just a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, hundred percent, absolutely. So uh, first, I want to jump over to SNS and I want to talk to you about your amazing uh, work on *Princess Power*, which you did additional music for for the mm-hmm. Netflix animated children series. So, talk to me. What role did you play as an additional composer here?
1: Sure. So I worked with a company called Earworm New York, and this is a show that has both songs and uh, instrumental music. So what I did was more on the instrumental music side. But we also had to deliver the episodes in such a specific way, so I also had to do a lot of music editing, and we would also use the uh, songs as a instrumental background thing as well. So yeah, like a lot of Pro Tools and a lot of writing in Cubase. <laughs> if you want to get technical, and I've Cubase! always wanted to write for yeah, like we got a nerd out, right?
0: Yeah, um, yeah. You get technical.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I I've always wanted to write for princesses because you know that's what I grew up on. All the Disney. You're princesses. a princess. <laughs> oh, thank you. Okay, I'll go off video and cry. Uh, but yeah, so like I didn't get one princess, I got four at once. So Fantastic. that was
0: cool. <laughs> um, Did the so were the songs already kind of placed in there when you started working on them? Or did you said so you use them kind of as a, so you you were able to work around them and kind of find the best way to like work around the songs, right? right.
1: Um, Yeah, so each episode actually has like some some of the same songs, and they also have mm-hmm. some new songs in them. And then Sometimes based on my conversations with JP Rande, who's one of the songwriters, like we would decide which um, instrumental version of what song would fit one of the episodes. So then I would mm. explore or sometimes like uh, Atomic Cartoons, which is the Canadian company who works for Netflix and who creates this, like they would tell us, OK, like in this episode, we really want to use this song. So please like do something with the background, but it might be better if it's a bit faster, slower. So it's a lot of exploring. And we generally did like uh, two to three versions. So it was back and forth, deciding together. Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. That's amazing. So I want to jump over to Fabrizio. Uh, Fabrizio, uh, can you uh, walk us through your process for writing the Mouse uh, song for Netflix's Green Eggs and Ham series? How do you approach okay. writing the music uh, to for the story?
2: That was like, so I got a call from... The production team to test for a song of this, like, kind of uh, uh, French Revolution mouse in Green Eggs and Ham. And they wanted music, big musical theater. So that was like the task. And I had uh, lyrics. Uh, Uh, already in place from one of the screenwriter so basically what I approach is like I went to my love and I think that we all love from what I understand uh, from the chat musical theater like it's one of the things like I come from the world of opera I can classically train I wrote an opera at 24 so musical theater is a natural evolution it's the natural evolution for me was the natural evolution so writing that piece like Kind of Lemise vibe. And uh, knowing that I would have had uh, David Diggs singing from Hamilton, you know, and uh, David Newman who was the composer on the series conducted, that was already like the drive that made me approach the song thinking I need to do, do the best I can. <laughs> and the rest, I just had fun. And I sang the demo, the rough demo myself with the terrible French English accent in the middle with my Italian on top. And uh, and um, I went back and forth with the production. But basically, there were very uh, like, very minor changes uh, contrariously to what has happened on other projects. Like, uh, we all had fun. We all embraced, like, the idea. And at the end of the day, my also a little bit theatrical way of delivering that in the demo so that they could understand. Yeah. And when I work with David, which mostly was known to do rapping in uh, hip hop in Hamilton, we work in the studio in the way that uh, he created a beautiful performance uh, for that. Wow.
1: And I had so one thing about rewarding. musical theater.
2: Yeah, People jump in. People find <laughs>
1: it cheesy, but I live for modulation. I don't know, it's such emotional catharsis. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's <looks> so powerful. <laughs>
0: that's truly <laughs> well let, I want to uh, take it over to to Jared uh Jared since Teen Titans go to the movies also has some uh hilarious songs throughout the film uh Jared as the song and score composer um how did you balance creating uh, I guess the musical identity for the film while staying true to this tone and the uh, style of the actual Teen Titans go series
3: um well when it comes to the series I'm 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 the song composer on the series or I do the majority of the songs on the series but there's no there's no score on the series they pull it from a library right. so for the for the film i i scored the film and did the songs and um i guess the what i would say is the you know one of the ways that it remained cohesive and uh you know connected to the to the project was really just because of my work and my collaboration with the director he is a real specific direction for you know, where things should go. He always has musical references. Um, And then, you know, it it was really sort of a best case scenario in terms of, you know, I hear composers talk about like collaboration with directors and whatever. And sometimes I'm like, is it really a collaboration or are you sort of kind of in their employ, you know, and and it's a little bit of both, you know, on different, different situations. But this one, it was like, really like, we really worked together on it. So that's, that's a big part of why I felt like it for me, why it worked. Um, But um, beyond that, you know, we just, you know, we tried to, you know, sort of infuse as much sort of contemporary sound into it as possible and mix that with orchestra, you know, synths and orchestra and with beats and guitar and all that kind of stuff that people do. And uh, I don't know, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun.
0: I just I also love that we we're meeting here because I'm, I work over at uh you at Warner Brothers Animation I'm at over the, the our sister network Cartoon Network Studios I run oh. production systems over there so you're so oh yeah. the, oh cool well if we cross paths now and we're more getting closer together after the merger so maybe we'll cross paths and our oh, yeah. production coming up <laughs> that would be awesome um but I do want to jump it uh over to uh, to Matthew um to talk about Disney's Fancy Nancy. Uh, Matthew, what uh, do you consider when writing music and lyrics that will engage and entertain a young audience while still exploring uh, different genres?
4: I mean, working on Fancy Nancy has been one of the greatest joys. Like the, the thing with that show, because it centers around this girl who has a wild imagination. I mean, her, her, her whole character is based around kind of inspiring her friends to use their imaginations. What... I got to play with the most was that in the music we really had no limits and once we cracked the code of realizing that this character when she sings has such a specific theatrical kind of delivery we could kind of do anything we wanted with the yeah. music so it was really a, an opportunity to be versatile and kind of go everywhere with the music and uh, you know so I think you know I always want to think about the you know, what, what you asked what I consider when I'm working in animation and working on this show. I'm always thinking about the, the audience. I want to know who's watching. I want to know what they're going to take away from it, um, but also writing above their age level. I never want to be writing down. I never want to condescend to our young viewers at home. You know, they have such broad tastes um, and have access to such breadth of music today that uh, it's really an opportunity to kind of tap into all kinds of different music. And on Fancy Nancy, kind of stringing it all together using this little girl's voice, um, so that was kind of uh, that. That's kind of what I think about most when I'm working in animation is the uh, the target yeah, audience.
0: Absolutely. So, I mean, uh, making music for animation can uh, be a very different process than working on uh, live action uh, film or TV. Um, at the end of the day, we're all telling a story. You're all, you know, carrying a narrative with characters. But I'm curious, and I know we've all kind of discussed a little bit about why we love animation and what you're looking for within an animated series. But I'm curious, can any of you discuss the challenges and benefits of working with visual elements in animation? Is there something about a style, color palette, something maybe that kind of informs your your Sonic palette or anything like that? I'm curious what you're looking for in the animation that kind of helps you pull ideas and maybe gets those first ideas being inspired from. So I don't know, Fabrizio, maybe you want to kick us off.
2: Well, for me, it's just like, Uh, I'm a very instinctual composer, so Mm -hmm. I usually put myself in front of the animatic or the animation itself, and I search for a stimulation, and you mentioned color, color, storytelling arc, those are all very important things for me, and I always like to repeat that I want to be a good tailor that fits the right dress or the right suit to the right model. And animation allows me to take many more measurements and fit in better sometimes than a live action in which I uh, can tend to be too intrusive if I, you know, I can sometimes, depending on the project, of course, because of course the modern taste has evolved, but like I like sometimes when it's appropriate to Mickey Mouse the action and uh, subtly doing, I like to use variation in themes, which much more often than when I do live action. And, uh, and I like to use different uh, blends of musical colors from, uh, you know, I would win like in sections even and calling each other. And I, I like to have fun. It's like being a day on a playground. So what inspires me is mostly color storytelling. And uh, and the way of the movement, what I see, what what I see bouncing, and uh, and uh, as in animation, like uh, as done has been said in the past for the techniques of animation, making the plausible impossible. We can do that as well with music, as uh, I believe Matt was saying before. You know, you can extend, you can pull it a little bit. That's the thing that drives me most, you know, and that uh, the challenges at times because you need to. To make it consistent and believable and not like, sh- 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 here, look here. No, you just yeah. need to keep flowing, you know, and uh, make it natural and sound it easy. That's Absolutely. the challenge.
0: I'm curious, Could you, uh, for any viewers who maybe don't know what Mickey Mousing is, could
2: you explain you know, that term? Mickey Mousing? <laughs> It's a technique that comes from the name of Mickey Mouse and was first developed by Carl Stalling in the first years of Disney before it went away from the studio and it's like following the action, like mm-hmm. following the action to the, uh, to the inch, you know, to the right. point, you yeah. so and, you always, if you were comes watching, from Mickey Mouse. it
0: goes back to yes. those old silly symphonies, Looney Tunes that are yes. literally, you're, you know, you're tiptoeing and the music is literally following
2: all that. Yeah. And the music was, was being the sound effect as well. Mostly there right. were sound effects, but music was most of the sound effects
0: absolutely um uh jared can you
3: uh go next
2: <laughs> uh so i think
3: you 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 asked whether a, were, yeah, whether there you... were certain sorry sorry uh, ch- challenges yes yeah
0: challenges versus or
3: and benefits yeah and yeah. benefits and you, you know i i guess what i see in that is that the benefit is that with animation generally speaking it's certainly not all the time it depends on the project you're working on but i feel like for the most part it's not that subtle so
0: right
3: <laughs> you kind of look at it and you're not racking your brain trying to figure out what goes there you kind of it it does it does very much lay out what you need to do you know and that how you approach it there's a there's any number of ways to approach it but it's not ambiguous as to what the tone is. Whereas sometimes if you're dealing with something in live action and you're like, I don't know, are we playing the, am I playing the humor of this moment or am I playing the drama of this moment? Is this, you know, should this be subtle or is this big? There's, there's rarely that question in animation. It's, it's pretty clear uh, the emotion and tone of the scene. Um, to me, the clear challenge is, the quantity of music in the short amount of time. I don't know how anybody else feels about it, but you know, that's, that's your challenge. There's, there's no, you know, you're, you're always up against that. It's, it's, it's a lot of music and you're trying to make the music, you're trying to make every moment have as much quality as it can. And not only are you dealing with quantity in terms of length, you're, you're changing tone beat by beat, you know, within a measure or two, you hardly, Again, it, it does depend on the project and, and the, you know, this is not entirely blanket, but it's been my experience that largely you don't have as much time as you might like to develop themes because mm-hmm. just as you're starting to develop a theme, a feeling even, your your, the tone has changed.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. But with Less, so, less
3: so in films, but very much so. I'm speaking mostly of TV, by the way, that, right. that's mostly Absolutely. TV. films, you do have a little more time.
0: Yeah, I mean, we produce at Cartoon Network Studios, we produce 11 minutes. So, I mean, those are 11 minutes from start to finish for an episode. Yeah, and with, with 10 and a half minutes of music. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah, exactly. so funny you say that. Uh, literally earlier this afternoon, I was on the the line with one of my uh, music executives on a Disney show I'm working on, and I just started doing cue sheets for, for this project. I'm like, wow, we're averaging about... 75% of the episodes have music. Uh, and to me, I you know, I come from a song background and this is one of my first underscore projects. I'm like, it seems like an awful lot of music. And she's like, actually, that's maybe on the low side for some of our shows. She's like, We have a lot <laughs> yeah. of shows that are like 90-95% music, which is kind of exactly what you
3: said, 10 and a half. Minutes. And it's a nice choice though, also to right. be able to pull it back because it's much more impactful when there's some silence and then you bring something in, you know. So yeah. uh sure. It, it, yeah, there's because there's there's certainly no shortage of opportunity to put music in.
0: Right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Matthew, if you you gonna piggyback on on you for your yeah, One other thing that came to
4: mind while everyone was talking, uh, I think a benefit of uh, working in animation, I feel like it's a bit more collaborative from a music perspective, and maybe maybe it's just because I'm new to the underscore world. I I do have done a lot of songs for animation, right. and I'm you know, just getting into underscore now but i feel like even with the songs you know I, I get involved so early in the process and have there's so much more back and forth with the creators and the showrunners and the executives on the animation projects i've been a part of that i really feel like i've been able to Influence the the musical identity of a project and the outcome, and things that, yeah. that I might not otherwise be involved in, like shaping tone and character and theme, even outside the scope of music, um, and really build moments together to create a, a cohesive finished product. I feel like, at least in my experience, it's that's happened more often in animation than in other projects than in live action, where maybe you're kind of brought in near the end and a lot of things are already established, you know, the timelines kind of work in your favor with yeah. animation where you can really work together and, uh,
0: and and play a heavy heavier role. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Aston, uh, how about yourself? What are some challenges benefits working kind of with the visual elements of, of animation?
1: I mean, it's kind of similar to what everyone said, but I feel like us composers, we're used to working with unfinished product, but in animation, mm. it could be even more raw Like sometimes I work completely in black and white, like I have no idea what the color is. Or sometimes it's not even animation, it's kind of like a slideshow in the sense that you see a frame and then it doesn't change for two seconds and then you see another frame. So we kind of have to step up our game in terms of our imagination, which is a fun challenge. Like I really, really enjoy it. Um, But sometimes they help us by providing an inspiration that kind of a PDF where even though the animation we're scoring has very little information, you can still help that inspiration that guide you in terms of the color palette and like all the additional details that they give you about the characters and how the character has evolved as they've been working on it prior to you receiving the material. So like for me, seeing that growth of the both the world that they are in and the characters that really helpful to me. Yeah. And another thing is like a lot of stings, especially for Princess Power. We also had to create mm-hmm. so many stings because these princesses they're like so dramatic like they're like throwing <laughs> tantrums every two seconds Um, and sometimes the music feels too much because in general in film and tv like that's not animated you're trying to be subtle like you do these crazy long fade-ins and fade-outs and like music shouldn't draw too much attention but with animation like stink let's go like music in music out so I'm like oh my god this is so obvious and I'm going the opposite of what I learned and what I've like being told with my live action project so it's just yeah. like conflicting but thing it works yeah it works it totally works
0: and I, I'm, how for everybody when do you i'm sure it differs from project to project but what's typically when do you start working do you start do you ever start as early as storyboard do you work on animatic do you wait for lock picture i'm curious when does the scoring process start usually typically within your workflows for animation on the projects that you've worked on Anyone can just jump in. I don't. I'm not. I just. I'm curious from everyone if there's any different perspectives of when the composer comes in.
4: I mean, on some of my projects where I'm writing songs and scores, certainly from a song on the song side of things, I'm involved at the at the earliest. Sometimes even yeah. just script oh, yeah, script outboard. writing,
0: right? Yeah, because yeah. that's part of the whole storytelling. Yeah,
4: right, exactly. And in fact, they'll need the song before they storyboard, so they can get inspiration from the songs and the song lyrics to kind of determine what's going to happen in the in the on the visual side. Which is kind of going back to what I was talking about the collaborative nature of it because. Sometimes they just say, "Okay, song goes here," and we know there's going to be 90 seconds of something, and then we write our song and we write our lyrics. That will then in turn inspire them to um, to draw it out. In fact, what I'm just thinking now, what you know, some interesting lessons I've learned in that side is to be careful what you put in your songs because they have a creative and financial effect on (laughs) the, on the animation. Like if you, if you add something in your song about uh, going here, going there, going here, they got to create those assets. Oh, we got to just do a a scene in a store and then we got to go walking down the street. And that means you're going to see a hundred people walking down the street. And those are all different assets they have to create. So kind of learning tricks on how to create a sense of scope by not mentioning too many, things (laughs) things
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely
4: anyway that went off the the, the question no that's
3: a, that's an interesting one because i no, i recently, i had a uh in a way I, the the opposite side of it that i had just experienced just just recently was that the 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 executive producer was was very excited that the song that i was providing and i wasn't really thinking in this I'm, you know, I'm not patting myself on the back because I wasn't, wasn't that deliberate, but he was excited that the, the song uh, gave him, you know, gave him the roadmap for what he needed to create, you know, but it's it's the same as what you're saying. You know, I mean, fortunately he wasn't like uh, at a loss for how are we going to do this or budgetarily or whatever. It was just like, oh, cool, I see this. This is a very visual moment. Thanks for putting that in in a way that's visual, I and mean, the next absolutely. one, I was like, oh, note to self, I guess that's a good thing. Let
4: me repeat that. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the best reason for why there's a song in that spot in the first place, because they have to break out into song. It's got to be. I mean, this ties back to all our love of musical theater. If you're going to break sure. out into a song, it's got to be a big theatrical moment, more or less. Otherwise, they would just have it as dialogue. So, I Right. Think- and they're
3: looking to elaborate sure. on the story and be able to tell a whole a whole exactly. bunch of stuff in this short amount of time. Exactly.
0: Okay. Yeah, speaking of short amount of time, because I mean, you have to hit the, the the running time of these episodes is very strict in terms of going into linear on air or anything, especially with commercials and stuff. So does that affect the songwriting process? I'm curious, like, do you have to like, do you, you have 90 seconds for this song? Or like, do you have to really hit that mark and make sure it doesn't go over? Or short? I mean, do you have that in, instructive, like a... Uh, I mean, within reason, within
4: reason, within reason, I think it depends on who your partners are uh, on, the, yeah. on the show running side. I've, I've worked with showrunners who will spare nothing to make sure the song or, or I should say, which I say, sacrifice anything to make a great yeah. song happen. And if I want to take an extra 20 seconds, he'll find a way to like chop 20 seconds from somewhere else. But then there've been other moments that are a lot more prescriptive and you're like, oh, we, we need to be out by this. Or can you make it shorter? And then, you know, we're, we're, cutting our songs yeah. down and down and down if if, yeah. the, if
3: the lyrics are there they want they want they'll make room for the lyrics but uh you know right yeah you right. <laughs> your 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 four bar intro is going to become a two bar intro
4: right and, and who made yeah. the comment about uh, having more time to develop themes in animation i think that That's probably, although sometimes, you know, when you're writing a song and they're like, you have 60 seconds to get in and out of a song, Mm that's actually quite short songs. So you're kind of redefining song structures to figure out, okay, how can we get like two choruses in here? So at least there's a repetition of something, you know, trying to write like micro songs.
2: I'm experiencing that now because I'm on a European project and we have four episodes, and every episode needs to have a song that's from 120 to 125, 1 minute and 20 and 1 minute 25, not more nor less. <laughs> so yeah. you go with a BPM and you figure out how to to I structure the song from yeah. like in a very technical way at the end of the day, because I know that they will cut it, I know they will reject it automatically. But I, I, in, uh, like, the mouse song for Green Eggs and M, I had the lyrics. I knew that uh, I had the kind of storyboard scene, so I knew what I could do, like, uh, in there. You know, I've been, like, in, in various parts of the production uh, in music, writing music for animation. Like, projects, like, with songs that I, I had to write them before, but, like, I've had even scenes on... Uh, uh, Mushka, the hand drawn animated thing i've done which have been handled handed the sequences that had been already animated and i made had to make them look as if i was like them uh, if they, they were if they, as if they were animating on my music that was like wow. the child the reverse challenge on that yeah it's like
0: it's like Sneaking into like a or, like pose that's like already been like, you know,
2: freeze frame. Like, yeah, I need to have to fit yeah. into it. The, yeah. Because they didn't keep a tempo. So I also had to figure <laughs> out how to make it natural, you know, right. like breathing. That was the challenge. But it's always, that is the fun also, you know? Yeah, absolutely.
0: So speaking of fun, I'm curious of, you know, you get to, I mean, animation lets you be fun, lets you be big, lets you be silly, can lets you be creative. So I'm curious if there's any Easter eggs, your scores that you could share maybe like some funny little instruments you've used or unique instruments or just unique like musical phrases or something yeah so Edison, if you want to kick us off
1: (laughs) yeah i kind of have the perfect answer i think uh so i did a student short from ringland college of art and design it's called my cat lucy and like it exceeded 1.4 million views or something within a few months and i meowed in it like i can't sing but i can meow uh and then first the director loved it and then she decided to cut it and I was like no this is so sad but it ended up being in the trailer so that was fun how did that
0: come up do you did you was like hey actually I I can meow like how did it
1: I surprised her you just oh you just
0: threw it in there okay
1: yeah because when this happened I think I worked on it still like during the last bits of the pandemic, and I'm like so bored, yeah. like you know, always so right. losing my mind. I was like, let me, I was meow, just meowing like, to
0: myself, you know. Yeah. I thought, why does just... <laughs> No, that's that's it's awesome. On my one. Instagram
1: yeah. reel, if anybody wants to hear me meow, <laughs> I'm
0: coming cool. yeah. here immediately after we hang up. Oh my
1: god, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I'm then sure I will, to call you so I knew what to meow <laughs> me. <Yeah. laughs> Uh, yeah, Matthew. How about yourself? Any uh, fun I mean, Easter eggs or uh, the secrets?
4: <laughs> you know, the only real thing that comes to mind is obviously, you know, for budgetary reasons, sometimes I'm the only singer that's allowed on some yeah. of the projects. You know, we're often not allowed to hire outside singers, or if, if we are afforded one SAG singer, I'm probably going to be the one um, if I'm singing another thing. So I, you know, not that it's an Easter egg for anybody else, like no one else would care. But you know, when I'm watching some of these things back, it's like, oh wow, I've had quite a storied career as a as a as a vocalist. You know,
3: I've, I, yeah, you know, I've gotten I've been, a kick out of doing that as well. Yeah, day. it's
4: like I've been an '80s rock singer. I've done, uh, you know, R&B. I'm like, a, you know, you can all these
2: random things I've I've sung on are kind of pretty funny. and I'm sure, sure you all singer sing, so it's funny. I'm sure you all sing better than I sing, and I had to sing not on an animation, but uh, I recently completed a kind of a YouTuber's movie produced by a big company in Italy uh it's an adventurous movie and they needed like pirates singing and they said oh yeah we don't have a budget to record a tavern of pirates so i have to be all the voices of the pirates and i'm like awful but it's in the movie they liked it and i wow. and i will be like i will have to live with that
3: <laughs> <laughs> not alone i've and been a pirate
2: I've been a pirate, too. So that, that's good, but but I'm sure you were more in tune than me. Yeah. We well, have maybe anonymous.
0: That. This is turning into Pirates Anonymous. <laughs> right. Well, that's the fun of being a pirate. You don't
4: have to be in tune, exactly. That's true. That's the true. rougher and rougher, rougher the better.
3: <laughs> shanties, hey, and if you're yeah, a you know,
4: drunk
1: got... pirate, like, yeah, you don't they, yeah, need yeah. to be that's in tune what I was,
2: that, That's what I was doing. <laughs>
0: well, it's just funny because I, I hear this all the time. I just interviewed recently a, a friend of mine, Dom Lewis, who did Violent Night. Fantastico. And he told me, he was like, yeah, for Spirited on Apple TV, we had choir, we had budget for choir. He said for Violent Night, I was an alto, soprano. I was every, like every voice you hear in that score is him just layered on top of itself. So it's, yeah, it seems like the way to go when you're, when you're in a constriction. But Fabrizio, other than that, is there any other, uh, I'm curious, any other Easter egg that you've done, like more specific, well, like,
2: fun little you know, instruments wonder- or things, yeah." You know? Well, Mushka, it's not an instrumental thing, but Mushka, uh, which takes place in former Soviet Union, and it starts in Kiev, and um, I had like, uh, I could use some Tchaikovsky from my Past, be- beside putting instruments like subdued in the score at some point we had fireworks and I said oh let's use Overture 1812 or Tchaikovsky it worked perfectly or like uh, I used like uh, I don't remember the theme the name of the theme but it's the theme that we used to play on Tetris which is a traditional 19th century melody and there is a game playing scene and they had tamped the scene with that theme on an accordion and then I said okay but I see the accordion, but not all the time. So I went through it from the orchestra and those things are things that you can do in animation. They wouldn't buy in other styles, you know, but in animation, you're free to do them and it works. And that was so much fun. That's awesome.
0: (laughs) Um, uh, Jared, how about yourself?
3: (laughs) Okay. I actually, I made a, I made a little Instagram post about this recently. So I, I was, uh, I'm working on a, a show called the tiny chef, which is a stop motion, uh, Nickelodeon show about a little tiny green guy who's about this big, who's a chef. And um, yeah, on from time to time on previous shows, sometimes when I'm looking to write a theme, you know, sometimes if I start from the position of harmony, instead of melody, I might pick out, like, I might take chord changes from like a, like a, a standard tune, like, you know, you know, like a standard jazz tune. Mm. So on this one, I decided to see, I thought, well, I've done that before. I said, I wonder if I could slip John Coltrane's giant steps, chord changes into this preschool show. And, um, and it's ironic because he's the tiny chef, he makes small steps and I put giant steps throughout. I tried to <laughs> reference it at least once in every episode. And that's um, great, so. that's awesome.
1: Feeding the <laughs> younger generation. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um so I, I I know uh everyone is is very busy so I'm sure I I just I want to go around and see you know is there anybody uh we, we, what are you guys working on that we can look forward to so Fabrizio let's start with you since you've just finished working on a, a, a new uh project titled Mushka that you were talking about for uh, from Disney Legend Andreas Deha what can you tell us about this project and when can we expect
2: to to experience it so it was a long project so contrariously to the timing of television etc I work on that for eight years my wife still reminds me that when i started dating her i said i started on this because andrea says uh, deja as soon as he left uh, disney he started producing his own animated short and uh, hand drawn and it started as a seven minute project it became 28 so it's a featurette, not a short hall and drawn all and drawn and we had the theme by disney legend richard sherman And I had to produce this theme, integrate into my score and work in a way that would be seamless with my themes. So I have a story about that, uh, that, that's fun. I was entering Disney parking lot one day to visit some friends at the studio. And I see a call from a private number and uh, I was entering the garage. So it went to voicemail straight. And I'm so glad it did. It was Richard Sherman, after I had done the first arrangement of his lullaby that is in the film, that was like complimenting me. It was better than a check at that time. You know, like I got this, yeah. this call, this voicemail from one of my idols. And so we, we got to work and uh, and we finished like the, the, the record. We recorded in Vienna. We recorded a wonderful singer, Holly Cidio's singing here in LA. The orchestra was done in Vienna and we did the dub at Skywalker Sound. We had the first uh, cast and crew screening last week in LA and uh, it was beautiful. So now it's starting uh, to be presented in festivals all over the world. And I suppose the first American previews will be in April and hopefully will go onto streamers because uh, it's like kind of a beautiful uh, homage to hand-drawn animation. it's a beautiful like illustrated book that from the past that takes life on a very simple story not like it takes place in the 70s in the former Soviet Union it's a story of love and uh, being able to letting go of our loved ones and um, and I was able to to channel my old-fashioned European styles in that yeah which is which was kind of different and refreshing because I was writing at the same time a musical feature uh, you know with more modern songs and other stuff so that's I'm very looking forward for people to look at Andreas's uh, mini masterpiece.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I know that you've, you've worked with Richard before, you and, know, working with Richard. That was, was so amazing. And then you have Holly. Yeah. She just did the, the amazing vocals to Don't Worry, Darling. Like,
2: she's a great vocalist. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Now, Holly can sing everything. Holly can yeah. sing really everything. And I have another project that uh, I'm looking forward to it, for it to be released because I finished that last year. It's uh, an animated feature I did with... Uh, a uh, Thai animated uh, feature studios, uh, which is called TMB Media Global. The film is called Out of the Nest. We're waiting for the the censorship from uh, China and Thailand to release the copy and decide. But it's like a, a, I recorded seventy eight minutes of score on an eighty minutes movie. So oh, wow. uh, <laughs> That's going back 90%. To the- uh, That's percent. like yeah,
0: that the percentage. <laughs>
2: 75 piece orchestra and uh, now i'm waiting because it's it's a i Mm -hmm. feel it's a fun movie and uh, and i'm so looking forward to that so wonderful
0: Um, awesome amazing slate coming up so uh yeah but i want to everyone else i'm curious what else everyone has that you can talk about hopefully you can you know don't break any ndas i know everyone can't talk about everything but essen is there anything that we can look forward to coming up (laughs)
1: I will be a world premiere at the South by Southwest. It's the Black Barbie film that you mentioned when introducing me. It's actually yeah. a documentary. It's not animation. Um, but other than that, I'm working on two animated shorts. I'm waiting for the locked picture. They're for students so I can be the like cool one and be like, I'm not going to start working on it until you have a locked <laughs> picture. <laughs> um, other than nice. that, I have a horror short. I might be collaborating with a composer that I really admire to co-score something together. It's not like fully booked, but fingers
0: crossed. So, yeah, exciting stuff. Fingers crossed. That's awesome. Um, Matthew, how about yourself? (laughs) Uh, Well,
4: one animation thing that I'm super excited about is a Disney Channel animated show coming out, I think this summer. It's called Haley's On It. Um, I'm doing all the songs and underscore, and this is actually the project I mentioned that is my first official foray into underscore, um, mm. which is a super fun project. And it's very well suited to my taste because I get to dabble in a little bit of everything. There's pop music, there's rock music, there's hip hop, there's K-pop, there's, <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of musical theater. There's all kinds of fun stuff in there that I love to do. Um, uh, so that comes out, I think this summer. It's nice.
0: Awesome. Congrats. Jared, how it? About- how about yourself
3: (laughs) um well i like i was saying about this show tiny chef we i think we're doing i think we're doing more of those pretty soon and i've been writing some songs for an upcoming warner uh movie that is just in development stage now so that's pretty much it on the scoring front at the moment
0: great great well as we uh wrap up our, our panel tonight i i love to kind of leave some maybe some words of wisdom from you know from all of you who've you know each person's career and path has been so unique and different I'm sure you all learned lessons that will apply to you know hopefully to some new people who are coming into the industry maybe are getting their foot they're just getting started I'm curious if you could give one uh kind of a piece of advice I would love to kind of know and um you know I want to start uh with you, Essen, because uh, you're about working with students from Ringling College of Art and Design. What can you share about your experience and how it highlights the importance of versatility and collaboration in the creative field?
1: So I love working with them. I think so far I've done 15 films for them and I'm doing two more now. And I truly love it because I don't know, for me, it's so special that people like believed in me when I was a student or like when I was so, such a beginner in the industry. So I want to believe in them and I want to make them feel important because like anybody who, who made me feel that is so dear to me. Um, and then other than that, because they're not in the industry yet and they're not like super polished, I feel like they have some crazy ideas and they're like more open to exploring unusual things, which yeah. I think is the key to stay creative and, you know, like try things that have not been tried out or find ways to break rules. Um, so it's something that I really cherish even though it's student films I don't see it as student films because honestly like they look so good and all of those students they end up at Pixar, DreamWorks, Disney within a year or so after graduation Uh, but it's so cute because like as I'm a bit older than them they're like what should we do like what is a sporting session like when are you available like normally we have to always be available for our directors but because they see me ahead of them they're like what can I do for you? Like, it's okay. Work whenever you want. And I'm like, this is great. I'm like treated like a queen. Thank you. <laughs> oh, and for the advice, sorry, I forgot about your first question. I think I would say like, uh, don't wait for people to bring you gigs, like open any door that you want to be opened for you by your own self. Like, I really want to do animation. So I contacted Ringling so that I can have more of a portfolio, which has been so useful to me. So Yeah. Like, don't wait on your dreams. Try to make it happen yourself. It's not going to come to you. So you got to make it happen. You
0: got to put the legwork in. It's no one's going to give handouts. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Fabrizio, how about yourself? What's a piece of advice you'd give to people entering this this world?
2: <laughs> I, I always say what just said in a poetic way that destiny doesn't know my home address, so mm. no, I, have I to, love that to go find my, my destiny. I, I mean, both the and I moved from, uh, you know, another continent here, so like uh, we both know like uh, the drill of knocking on those doors. I also my my piece of advice is like what I've seen, like I call people to ask how they are as well. I don't call people to say, oh, get me a job. Can I work with you? 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 And uh, I've seen people call me very interested the first time. Can I work with you? And I didn't have anything and then disappearing. And that is like Let's I, we want to be the people that uh, our collaborators also sometimes want to hang out with because we, we get up spending creative time together and creative times mm-hmm. is like something very important and goes directly into our souls. And so we want to be like a, a retirement friends somehow, you know, those kind of yeah. friends that uh, you can trust when you don't need them. Because if you can trust when you don't need them, if you can rely on them when you don't need them, then you can even more rely on them when you really need them and even for work. And it, that makes everything even more fun because then you really share. It's not a gig, but you're sharing a passion. And I've yes. seen that in all of you today, you know, and uh, also knowing you're, you know, you're, you're, I've been following you, Kaya, so, so long and it's all born from a passion. And I can see that I can see yes. it in your <laughs> interviews, etc. And that, makes so much more sense in life because we don't have a gig we have uh, it's so intertwined with our life that yeah just be the best you know be the best friend be the best like person that they can trust because so they will trust you for non-work reason but and for work reason.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I love that so much, because I know when people first enter this, uh, they can be very hungry. And it's like, okay, what can I get? How can I get this? Can I get my next gig? And then you kind of you just remember, don't be so selfish, you know, just ask somebody how they're doing, you know, like, ask about their stuff, you know, people love to just interact and talk. And it's always, you know, I, I always go to events and stuff. And it's I'm exhausted by the end of it because I'm just I'm just like, I will leave there and no one asks like, oh, how are you doing? I've just had to hear people just be like, yeah, and I'm doing this and this and this and oh, who do you know and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, can we just have a conversation like rather than all that? But and so I really resonate with what you said. Fabrice. That's really great advice. Um, also but Matthew. It, oh, I'm just going to jump in because
4: it also yeah, made in like you're, you, you're working with your friends at that point, And instead of yeah. them being, yes. uh, you know, somebody on the other side of a desk and it's a, it's a fraught, you know, relationship relationship with a business person like they're now your peers and you actually care about each other and you know each other and you understand each other and it makes the whole experience a lot more fun
0: it feels like school again it feels like you know film school or whatever it's like where you're all just working and just doing it for the love of it and you're not making money from it at that point and then that passion once you cross that into the professional realm i feel like you want to carry that too with you and that's you know makes the the best
2: work but well that's um, maybe, it all- yeah.
4: I'll be expecting a call from each and every one of you just to okay. check in and see how
2: I'm doing. Uh, I, I'll, I'll be. Waiting. I was already. I was already planning to add you on every social media. So. <laughs> so give little hearts. I, I'll be.
0: I'll be. I'll be waiting. Uh, but Matthew, anything? Know. Any? Any other advice? What other advice would you give to to you somebody know, entering this world?
4: Something that came to mind as everyone was talking is not to take things too personally, like, especially when you're getting notes, you know, because it's art and it's our music and we put our soul and everything we have into this. So it's easy to like wrap up your emotions and your work, but at the end of the day, it's just music. And as much as it's a collaboration and you want to feel ownership, most of the time it is their project and they're there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they have the grand vision and they have, uh, you know, th- they're paying for it. Um, so as much as we want to, um, you know feel that kind of connection to it it's just music so if someone doesn't like something you've made you don't have to like be nasty or tell them why they're wrong use you it can... for another
1: project what was that use it for another project exactly it goes in the
2: library, <laughs> the thing. It goes in, unless the library. in the contract they own it unless oh, the yeah. they own every version <laughs> until <laughs> your last drop of blood etc <laughs> well, that's
4: that's true too Oops um yeah because because you can just make something else you know Mm -hmm. yeah i'm not saying don't get emotionally invested but uh but uh you know you don't have to let your feelings get hurt if somebody doesn't uh, like something that you've made i don't think it's an attack on you it's probably just that they were thinking for something a little bit
0: different which is fine too Absolutely, it's it's all in the service of the narrative and the film. It's all everyone is trying to do the best for what's what's right for the story. Um, but Jared, how about yourself? What's something that you could impart on? I mean, on-
3: I'd have to agree and reiterate everything everyone said here. I mean, those are the those are you know pretty much touched on. I think all the the most yeah. important uh, elements of what it is. Uh, the main thing I would add is that maybe just to not be in such a rush. I've I've sort of found that the most so many things have have come simply because i'm still here (laughs) you know just yeah uh, and and, you know if you're you're in it long enough you would just be surprised what might come up you know if you've if you've if you've you know sort of handled yourself in the way that everyone here is describing which is essentially just not being a jerk and Hopefully, you know, doing the putting you, the best work you can put out there all the time. You know, you, you will certainly find your your moments of frustration where you're like, wow, "What's next?" and "How do I get to this level that you you think is the next level?" But when I look back on things, I'm just like, "Man, things have come out of nowhere." You know, mm. um, you know, largely things come through relationships. I think everyone here would probably agree that you know, Mm -hmm. opportunities come through relationships that you have. And there's, you know, you probably each have your sort of champions, people who like to work with you over and over. And that's, you know, uh, very much something that sustains for me, it sustains me are a handful of people who, 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 um, I feel like look out for me or they appreciate what I do, but it just really interestingly is just like things that have come up that like, I just could not have planned for. Um, Yeah. And uh, just little opportunities, people you met along the way, sometimes they aren't even professional opportunities, as much as they're opportunities to be in a room get get to be around certain people watch someone else make amazing music, that I might not have thought that I would ever get to even be close to you know, the people who i have been fortunate enough to count amongst peers and friends or, or even beyond because they're way out of reach, but I've gotten to be close to and watch work from time to time. So, you know hang in there is my advice I hang in, in there always,
0: yeah be open to whatever the roads that open up that you have never yet yeah, not well, never planned for people come out with this like mentality like I'm gonna do this and be this and then yeah I'm an animation I don't know how to draw I can't like I'm running helping run a studio like I didn't expect to work at Disney and then end up in Cartoon Network it was you know I had no plan for that but it's and I love it more than anything so but I think a perfect way to wrap up, uh, first of all, I want to thank everyone for all your amazing insight uh, you. tonight. Oh, but as you. we sign off, I That's want to go cool. around real quick. I want to know everyone's favorite animated film. I want to know something that really touched you really quick. Don't <sighs> think about it too much. I'm going to go first. Mine, even though I would say Fantasia, but I, I think for me, it's Land Before Time. It's just the emotional resonance for me. So I'm going to go, uh, Essen, you kick us off. <laughs>
1: I'll say Beauty and the Beast because that was the film that made me want to become a film composer. So oh, that's the one.
4: Oh, that's great one. Okay, I have to go next because you took mine. That was I'm the first sorry. thing that <laughs> came to my mind because that was so of my generation when I was growing up. And you know, yeah. Alan Lincoln is so good. And the songs and the score, it's just all wrapped into like the most perfect story and perfect use of music. and they, That was literally when I knew I needed to make music for a living.
1: Yep, that's a listening party then sob. Okay,
4: bye (laughs) (laughs) literally a couple weeks ago I was writing a song in here a pop song that had nothing to do with animation and somehow beauty and the beast came up. And I found you know there's like leaked instrumentals from the original movie online and we literally found them on YouTube and had a whole sing song in my studio me and a couple writers and we took all the parts, we did the opening song bell. I can't believe uh-huh. I'm outing this right now on uh, the middle of this it's uh... fantastic. No, <laughs> oh, I'd love it. You're you're me, I need, I need, need to know where no, your studio thing. is.
1: We're coming <laughs> over.
0: I mean, did you get that?
4: Did you get that yeah, legacy I swear edition? Where is your
2: <laughs> studio? I'm coming. <laughs> I'll the let legacy you guys edition know. they
0: did is so good. The remastered legacy edition is so wonderful that they released. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh uh oh, Fabrizio, how about yourself?
2: <laughs> well, I am have- actually two from the past and one is not an animated only it's mary poppins of course oh yeah which is like doesn't count but and 101 dalmatians because oh. it's still a very modern movie uh, even yeah. though it's more than 60 years old it's a 62 years old movie but it's very modern and of course like uh, uh, the main protagonist human protagonist uh, is a songwriter so yes <laughs> jared how about yourself
3: <laughs> i'm gonna say up yeah you know just it was just beautiful it was emotional you know and uh you know those are the kind of projects i I look at that and i just feel like wow that's that would be fortunate to be part of something like that you know I
1: even just that beginning segment of carl and ellie like i die every time i see that it's so good
0: I mean, it's just a short it can be a short film in its own those are all wonderful yeah. answers i do want to throw just for your friend richard sherman fabrizio charlotte's web i think those are some of the songs in oh, charlotte's they, web they, yeah oh they make me come so much but anyway yeah. uh, uh I want pure to thank-
2: sherman brothers yeah.
0: No, they're so good. But Matthew, Fabrizio, S and Jared, thank you so much for all your time and for your wisdom and for insight uh, tonight. Uh, Thank you to our friends of Impact24 for helping uh, co-produce this uh, film music media to put this panel together and for everybody watching and be sure to head to filmmusicmedia.com to check out the rest of uh, the panels in the series. Uh, Thank you, everybody. Thank (laughs) you.
3: Super fun.